I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. Happy New Year, guys! Happy Woo! New Year! Look, this is an exciting New Year. We have all four of us on the mics. That's right. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. You know, I'm hearing a lot of talk you uh -oh. know, uh, via via social media and otherwise that uh, sober January is a thing. It is. And it, that seems like a that seems like a, a, a big thing to just bite off, you know, an entire month without drinking. So I, I am I am resetting the expectation. I'm going to try sober Monday. <laughs> yeah. isn't monday usually sober day anyway like i mean is that is that really a step up because like usually you know you have your Not sunday prepared. you have your sunday drinking and then by monday you're like ah okay i really need to cut back and then by tuesday you start drinking again <laughs> no my, my my practice really is you know you, you find your mellow and you maintain <laughs> that's that's uh, that's kind of my you know I I'm, I'm content just riding that wave just right there at the at the crest of it but uh, so yeah you know, if, you drink, if you're drinking daily and drinking a lot daily you don't want to cut go cold turkey because you can have withdrawal from alcohol and develop some pretty pretty bad symptoms and side effects you can yeah so so if you are a daily drinker drinking heavily uh, go slowly <laughs> cut cut back slowly or, or find a program. The yeah. more you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's sober January. Like, I don't understand the rules. Like, do they start today? Like, on oh, the yes. first, even though today is a holiday? Like, what, what about, yeah. I mean, are holidays excluded? Because there's two. There's MLK well, and, Day. I mean, it, are you, are you, are you going to stop today, which is, you know, Saturday and New Year's Day? And then you really shouldn't stop Sunday, right? So what? I, you probably should really just push it back to, like, February. <laughs> you because know, you've already kind of fucked up. You know, January by that point, and you know, really not February because it's only twenty eight days in February. So maybe March, maybe March is when you, you sober March. I feel like one of you is an angel on one of my shoulders right now, and the <laughs> other one of you is a little devil on my other shoulder. I'll let the listeners figure out which is which. I would like to point out when I was rolling the recycling bin out to the corner yesterday, <laughs> it was a shameful, shameful clinking of glass bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you know, so we ha our recycle bins, they don't allow plastic bags, which, right. you know, I, I guess that's just a thing now. So they're like, hey, you know, so you have your recycle bin in your house and you put a plastic bag in it, but you have to empty that plastic bag into your recycle bin outside. And it's just like, cling, 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 cling. Yeah. It's like a slot machine when I empty the, uh, the plastic Not bag. Not an issue I've ever had. <laughs> oh, Paul. That's funny. Uh, well, I just yeah. want to know. I know. I have a question about this this sober January. Oh. Uh, what are you doing when you're at communion? Fair point. I, I feel you're like, like that's no exclusive. thanks, Padre. I'm taking January off from, yeah. from, you know, the, from the Holy Communion. I Sorry, feel like it's God. social drinking. It's drinking without. <laughs> I, I, God. Sorry, <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, you know, I feel like communion is probably some type of exclusion. I would imagine so. Okay. Sorry, right. Jesus. I know you gave your life for me, but you know I'm sober January. <laughs> Paul told me I do sober January, so I can't. I can't enjoy the blood. <laughs> I feel like I didn't say that. I, I was certainly not doing. But I was talking to a friend the other day, and you know, I, I was sharing that I had gotten a bottle of Michter's bourbon. He's like, that's good. And I'm, uh, he, you know, he was like, oh, that's really good. I'm looking, you know, he's like, you'll like it. And I'm like, oh, you know, what are you, what are you guys drinking this weekend? And he's, because, you know, we're bourbon friends. And he's like, oh, we're doing sober January again. I'm like, again? Like you, <laughs> like you didn't learn your lesson last time? <laughs> and it's the like frustrating marathon, thing is, you know? is that these are thin people. So it's like, are they, like, they're, they, they are thin, healthy people. So it's like, why? Why? It's, you're not doing it for your health. I mean, mental health, maybe? I don't know. Okay, so, Paul, let's bring this back. So, alcohol can be really hard in your liver. So, even though you might be skinny, drinking a lot can cause some, some health effects. Even if you, on the outside, look healthy and, and well. On the flip side, you know, Andrew. It's only important to look healthy externally, though. Exactly. I mean, well, I'm going to might have to disagree with that one. <laughs> I just find this all so amusing as someone that can't remember how many years it's been since I've drank anything. That's because you're drinking so much you can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I would you know, I would not be surprised of us all. I would not be surprised if the last time I drank alcohol I was with you guys. <laughs> Mancon 4 or 5? Mancon? Mancon. Oh, yeah. Mancon, sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, when are we not drinking is really the best question. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, right now, I'm not drinking. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Aaron, is there rum that coffee? Um, I, 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 Not rum. No, there is no rum in this coffee. <laughs> is yeah. there Kahlua no. or Bailey's? There's bourbon. There's bourbon. <laughs> bourbon in the coffee. So Aaron has already blown sober January. <laughs> <laughs> no, because today's a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> So I will say, you know, one of the things that's been nice about, um, you know, this week in between Christmas and New Year's is that I've been able to to get caught up on some comic books. You know, the, uh, these last few weeks I've gotten behind. I'm like, damn, I haven't read a number of things. And so, you know, I got caught up on Human Target. We're going to uh, talk about issue three here shortly. But during the holiday, I got caught up on I Am Batman. And I just, you know, I... I I just want to briefly say, because I know we're not really... I'm the only one who's reading it. That book is really, really, really damn good. And I was really surprised about that. Um, So if you're not familiar, you know, I Am Batman is about um, Lucius Fox's son uh, taking over the mantle of Batman. And it it started in Fear State. It's written by John Ridley. And this, you know... I didn't like, there was like a digital first book that came out last year, officially, because it's January 1st, um, that I didn't care for. But man, I picked up this this series and I started and I got caught up on it. And Aaron, I, when it when it hits uh, your DC Universe Infinite or whatever, you should definitely get caught up on it. It is when is when so is good. this book set? What what's the what's the setting of it? I mean, is present it, is day. It, it, oh, it is so present day. Yeah. So where's Batman that Lucius Fox Jr. or whoever is is taking on the mantle of the bat? I mean, it's it's kind of like there's multiple Batman, essentially. Um, you know, kind of like Spider-Man, Miles Morales is Spider-Man, is but bat- so is Peter Parker. Is it Batsmen? Batman. <laughs> I am Batman. Batsman. Batsman. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is current day where, you know, Bruce Wayne has lost his fortune as you know during the joker war right, right. Um, lucius fox has taken over and you know this happened i think in the epilogue to joker war um some of the joker's minions had taken lucius fox and his family hostage and so even though lucius fox has taken over the wayne fortune he has invested it in anti-vigilante and supporting an anti-vigilante movement um, so, you know, it, that's kind of the, what we're dealing with in, in present day Gotham City and Jace Fox, his son, um, not the one who's Batwing, but the other one, um, you know, has taken over the, you know, well, I shouldn't say taken over. He has taken on a Batman suit um, and he's fighting kind of, I don't want to say social injustice. He's definitely handling more of the, there's no costumed villains in this, I should say. there. It's really more street level crime. Um, just really w- written well. Um, you know, it, it's a, it is a surprisingly good book. Given I didn't care what led to it, care about what led to it, and what sold me on it was that first issue had Olivier Copiel mm. on art and is one of the most gorgeous Batman comics I've read in years. Um, now he I, does not stay on the series. Steven Segovia takes over and does an admirable job, but this book is damn well written. I've generally avoided anything that has the taint of uh future state on it Mm -hmm. yeah i was surprised um but you know i mean some of the there has been some good stuff to come out of future state you know some good creative teams um but i am batman i would definitely recommend it um it's just one of those books that i got caught up on during the holidays and got caught up on some tv like uh you know we we i got the season finale of hawkeye and the series premiere of book of boba fett did you guys watch those i you know i I watched both I watched both, and I gotta say, uh, I think that Hawkeye was terrific all the way through. I, 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 I did not have a bad moment in any of it, and I was intensely surprised that it stuck the landing. Me too. Uh, it was a very satisfying yeah. ending. I would yeah, say Hawkeye, Hawkeye for me at this. Go yeah, Hawkeye for me at this point is my favorite of the Marvel TV. Really? I, even even better than WandaVision, huh? Yes. Yeah. I am such a huge Kate Bishop fan, and they nailed the character to the point that it just—I loved it beginning to end. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I'd say—I I wouldn't say I loved it beginning to end, but I would say Hawkeye got stronger as it went on, and you know, to your point, Aaron, really stuck the landing. Like I loved yeah. that last episode. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there were things you know in the earlier episodes where it just felt like, okay, let's let's you know, it it it. it 
didn't quite grab me the same way it grabbed you guys right off the bat, but I liked it enough to continue. And then issue or issue six, episode six, I think was the final episode, and the introduction of Kingpin to the MCU. I mean, they just everything about that episode yeah. was well written, well acted, you know, good action, funny. It was it was just a really well done show, and I I would say it's probably my favorite. Um, you know, I, 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 I did enjoy WandaVision, uh, but I'd say Hawkeye more so than any of the other shows stuck the landing. Yeah, I really want like a buddy cop type show with Kate Bishop and uh, was it Yolanda? Uh, Yelena. Yelena. I, I think those two just have such chemistry on screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, I really enjoyed seeing them on screen. And, um, you know, I would say one of the the interesting aspects of it is that Hawkeye and Mayor of Kingstown came out at the same time. Yeah. And so, you know, switching from Jer- from Hawkeye Jeremy Renner to Mayor of Kingstown Jeremy Renner, it's, it was it was a bit of a struggle. A yeah. bit of a transition. <laughs> a bit of a transition. <laughs> and Jeremy Renner was on, you know, all was all over my TV for a little bit, and I had to pause the Mayor of Kingstown. I'm like, I'm going to wait on this show. To get some distance between this and Hawkeye, because I'm just waiting for him to do some horrible things in Hawkeye, and he doesn't. He's a good guy in that one. You you really gotta have uh, an automatic transmission for that kind of change, because <laughs> yeah. otherwise you're just grabbing for gears. I yeah. mean, it's just uh, <laughs> man. Yeah, the the mayor of Kingstown. You know, I I always feel like Kyle Chandler is the. Uh, is sort of a, a mark of a certain kind of, of entertainment, right? You know, that's Coach Taylor for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, that's the, that, what was that show that he was on where he got the newspaper? Morning Edition, right? Was that what it was? Or Late Edition, something like that? It was where he got the, 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 the newspaper from the cat every morning? No, I don't remember. No. Oh, yeah. I don't think He gets tomorrow's newspaper today. Early Edition is what it was called. Yeah, he'd get he'd get the 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 tomorrow's paper this this morning. Finally, a show I've actually seen that you're talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. So you know, I I always just kind of expect a a certain kind of quality of show. You know, a a certain earnestness from from a Kyle Chandler uh, project. And uh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> mayor of kingstown a little bit different <laughs> yeah yeah i uh, i i'm not a, i'm not a big fan i've watched the first two three episodes and uh do not care for the show well mm. i i I've, I've only seen the first episode but aaron and i will uh we'll, we'll touch base on 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 when in, in a few weeks because uh with yellowstone ending we, we've got to talk about that we've got to talk about 1883 we have to talk about the taylor sheridan verse yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it, it's Sheridan verse with Aaron and Polly. Sheridan verse yeah. with Aaron and Polly. Which streaming service is Mayor of Kingstown on? Paramount Plus. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. Yeah. Well, and hey, Discovery's on a, a month break, so but, I mean, you've but, got a little uh, bit of time. Prodigy's coming back. Prodigy's back this week. Yeah, but you never finished Prodigy to begin with. I, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to finish it this weekend. What? So. Well, I've you. only got four episodes to three or four episodes to watch, and they're short. So, yeah. Exactly. What I'm waiting for with Prodigy, I watched the first couple episodes that were all really just one episode that were released for free, and now I'm waiting for Picard to drop. And once its entire season is out, I'll just subscribe for a month and watch both at the same during that month. Yeah, yeah. that's a smart way to do it. You only pay like your eight dollars versus yep. the sixty-four dollars that we pay every year, <laughs> like idiots. <Suckers. laughs> Shut up, Paul. So, have y'all seen this new show? It's called uh, The Book of Bobby Fett. Bobby, uh, Fett. Bobby Fett. Is that like a 1954 retrospective about the life and times of Bobby Fett? Is it yeah, Bobby Bobby's Fett. feet? I yeah. thought it was Bobby's feet. I thought it was going to be like my left foot. <laughs> Is it like an adult version of Bobby's World? <laughs> it might be. All of the above. <laughs> also, <laughs> it somehow integrates Star Wars. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I know it's unusual. It, it's 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 the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's book like of Boba Fett. Potato chips on your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Well, except it's not because uh, oh. it's not quite as enjoyable as that would be. Uh, yeah. I, I so I, I, I Paul, I, I feel like I know where you're going on this. I feel like you and I might be, you know, parking in the same spot because. Uh, 
I was rather underwhelmed with this show. Yeah, I would say I was whelmed, right? It, was, <laughs> it, it existed. The first episode it a, existed. It was a slow, establishing opening episode. You, you weren't dropped into the immediate action. It's all very flashback and slow build in the modern day. There was not anything dramatic or, as you say, overwhelming that happened in this episode. So, well, my initial response to it after watching it was uh, Mandalorian did an incredible job of finally showing Boba Fett in live action actually being capable and doing something since he never did anything awesome live action through anything and it was nice to see this go back to the movie form and have him not be awesome or in any way capable. <laughs> yeah. you know uh, so I, I had commented on on twitter about a month or a few weeks ago i'm like hey like does anyone notice that these book of boba fett trailers like, is the show really just about Boba and Fennec walking into rooms and standing there? Because that, that's literally all they show in any of the trailers. And then last week, Variety had put out an interview with Robert Rodriguez. And they're like, you know, the the commercials are intentionally vague. Because if we showed you more than anything from the first half of the first episode, it would be spoiler territory. And I have to call bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> you could definitely give stuff through the entire first episode anyway yeah, i guess they just didn't they didn't want to show that they were going to flash back to how he escaped the sarlacc but like there was nothing in this first episode you know usually you you're like oh i have to avoid twitter because i don't want to get spoilers nothing actually happened in this first episode that felt like it would be a significant spoiler had i read it on twitter before no no it, it's nothing you wouldn't expect right so if you take over someone's criminal enterprise you can expect there's going to be some pushback from other powers you some know, parkour area i mean yeah, there's gonna be some parkour yes <laughs> yeah and, and obviously something's not quite right with boba fett we don't know what yet but he spent a lot of time that back to tank yeah. uh which i assume is why he was not quite as effective in that that one battle as one might expect him to be um yeah but, he is seemingly injured in some way before the show starts yes and other than that we saw like no guest stars in the first episode yeah. Nothing that we wouldn't have expected. Yeah, and I mean, it was nice to see Mos Eisley. I will give them that. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, there was the cameo of Max Rebo. I'm just putting that out there. Didn't want to spoil Which that one. Coming off is <laughs> kind of weak in this first episode. Yeah. It was yeah, a... I, Go ahead, Aaron. I, there, were some, there were some scenes that I thought were interesting. Like, I, I, him him being digested in the Sarlacc pit, mm. you know, was, was pretty gnarly. But... Uh, you know, some of the other stuff, I was just like, I, I really don't need all this, you know? Yeah. And then for it to just end. I mean, that's what killed me is that it it just ended. It's like they said, okay, we, we've shot all the uh, the tape we've got. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I, we're done. It's five, guys. It's five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong because it, it, it yeah. was a very, here's the thing. It wasn't, for, for what it's worth, it, yeah, I don't feel like it was bad, but it was certainly just meh like it wasn't their best foot forward like i remember when that first mandalorian episode came out oh yeah and freaking yeah. baby yoda's at the end of it and, yep. it and it had that giant you know it had multiple action sequences it was just you know it left you like wow wow yeah. book of boba fett doesn't leave you with a wow and i understand it's hard to do that after two seasons of mandalorian but they didn't even try well, <laughs> yeah. and, i mean come on a combat fight scene where he's surrounded by people with shields when he has a jetpack that just is has Wayne. to fly up and shoot down Wayne that is exactly what my 16 year old son said as we were watching he was like he was like doesn't doesn't his jetpack work and I was like I think it does I'm trying I'm thinking back to the end of Mandalorian season two I'm like I, I think his jetpack should be functional he's like why doesn't he just fly out of the ring I'm like yeah that's, that's a good yeah. point yeah it was uh but it was know, go ahead I was just going to say that there's been a spectacular amount of high quality, terrible entertainment this holiday season. Oh, yeah. Um, I got to tell you, The Matrix Resurrection was terrible. It, I won't spoil anything other than to say, yeah, it's a spoiler warning. It's terrible. <laughs> it, Spoilers, it, it sucks. And I know Wayne, I know Wayne yeah. liked it. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you. I I I thought that it was laughably bad. Uh, the 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 flashbacks that are just cuts from previous movies. Um, that is a, a television tool. That is not a a a cinematic 
uh, filmmaking tool. And every time they did it, it, I thought it cheapened the film. And I, I did, you know, one of the, the brilliant things about the matrix was the, the advent of all of these new special effects and, you know, the integration of wire work and, you know, uh, the digital effects. And I, there wasn't, I didn't think any of the fights were well choreographed in this thing. Hmm. I thought this movie was terrible I, and borderline unwatchable. I watched the first 45 minutes of it, stopped it, walked away to watch something else and <laughs> came back to finish it. Cause I'm like, man, this has got to get better. And it never does. And that's wow. all I'll say. Cause I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to spoil the ending, but I thought the movie was, was offensively bad. Yeah. I also, had a completely different take on it. I said, I, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was by far better than two and three. Well, but and, it did and, not and, live up to the original. I will tell you that, you know, when you turn tune into a Matrix movie, you expect particularly a movie that is the, the fourth in the series I had to do. I had to count. I don't know if you heard that in my head uh, <laughs> when it's the fourth in the series. Don't hide the cheese. Don't hide the two the, the two characters that you you know tune in for and wait until the end of the movie before they get to be awesome. I, I was super frustrated yeah. by that. Well, I'm planning on seeing it, so I can I, I'll weigh in as the tie break once I see it there. <laughs> yeah, I'll see it this week. I think you know, I just it it, it was not required viewing for me. Um, no, yeah, you can wait. Yeah, I saw Encanto well, before I saw Matrix. If that tells you anything, I don't I, know what that. I, I don't is. know. Nor do I. It's What's the new. Uh, it's the new Disney movie. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's okay, actively yeah. in theaters. Um, it's uh the music is by Lin Manuel Miranda. It's actually, it's 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 really cute. I actually really liked it, um, but yeah, I mean, if it's any indication that I was, I, I jumped on that before I jumped on Matrix. My only required viewing movie of uh, December was Spider Man, and I loved it. Well, yeah. you know, speaking of Lin Manuel, um, oh, what's his last name? Uh, Miranda. Miranda. Thank you. So one of my Christmas gifts was uh, tickets to go see Hamilton. Oh, nice, nice. It's nice. so good. So it's going to be a few months. It'll be May, but I'm excited. And yeah, I'm very, so already very excited to go see it. In I've seen you know on Disney+, Plus, but I've never seen it live before. The touring company ha has been here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they have had to cancel shows uh, because mm. of the, the, the pandemic. And I'm just like, man, I'd be so mad if I had tickets to that. I had friends that had tickets in St. Louis when it had to be canceled because of COVID. Yeah, I saw it in well, Chicago a few years back. But anyway. Another <laughs> Another movie I would have you avoid is Don't Look Up uh, on See, Netflix. I've, I've, I've heard, heard good, good things. things about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've heard good things. I haven't Ooh. seen it. I, I, I it, it is satire. It is it, the, the satire in the show is far too broad. It doesn't uh, it doesn't narrow its focus at all. It's just like everybody's an idiot, and it's super frustrating when you're watching all this talent on screen. At least in my opinion, I I was I was dumb dumbfounded by how much wasted talent was there hmm. because everybody in Hollywood who's anybody is in this damn thing. And, uh, it is, I, I just, I found the satire to be so broad that it was pointless. Well, yeah, I, I don't remember if I talked about it, but, uh, I really enjoyed red notice on Netflix. Yeah. I have not you. seen it yet. Have it is yet. just a fun movie. Yeah. It's just dumb is. fun, fun but you'll, it's enjoyable, yeah. right? You don't have to think too much. It's just fun. Well, it's The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and, and Gail Gadot, and they are hysterical to watch together. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's like you said, it's, you're, it's not high art, it's not not fine cinema, but it yeah. is a, it's a just really fun. Good, yeah. yeah. Well, between it also go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say between okay. Cobra Kai, Witcher, and Lost in Space, I think I have my TV viewing set for the next month. Lost in yeah. Space is so good. Netflix <laughs> had a bunch of good drops in the last couple months. As well, another one I enjoyed off Netflix was Army of Thieves, which is the kind of pseudo prequel to what Army of Zombies, the Batista movie. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Army of Thieves tells the story of the the safe cracker from Army of Zombies before he showed up in Nevada and became part of this heist, and it is huh. surprisingly, I, you know, I had low expectations going. It was quite good. Uh, I would have to check that out. Yeah, if I, you enjoyed well, I was not it. Not aware of that. Yeah, uh, the the Dieter Ludwig uh, character, or Ludwig Dieter, I forget which uh, name it, which way it goes, but uh, it shows how he got into organized crime and became kind of this criminal safe cracker, and um, shows a little bit more about you know the, the safe he's cracking in Army Thieves is called the Gotter uh, Gotter Dame Wrong, um, mm -hmm. 
and so it, it kind of goes into that ring cycle and the, the three saves of the ring cycle that he cracked before the got her done wrong nice. and why he was the perfect person in the perfect place to try to crack that uh one in army of zombies yeah. huh, i'm gonna watch that tonight yeah, yeah. speaking of netflix Aaron, i know you uh were a big fan of old guard yeah. uh old guard 2 is uh greenlit and it will be out in early 2022 Awesome. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I, I, I follow Greg Rucka on Instagram, and I saw images of him on set or heading to on set for uh, for the new season. So okay. pretty excited about that. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff to watch. Yeah, Netflix with Aaron and Polly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Paul. What about King Conan number one? You know, well, it's funny because we 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 got off of the Boba Fett conversation, but I found the first episode of Boba Fett heavily inspired by Conan the Barbarian. Um, you know, with it's kind of like this story of Boba, you know, being taken prisoner, you know, a, a slave in the desert and working his way up now to the crime boss. And it kind of reminded me a bit of, of that first Conan the Barbarian movie. Um, and it, so it was interesting reading King Conan this week in that light. Um, I've been very much looking forward to this King Conan. Now, I never finished the first 12 issues of Jason Aaron's uh, Conan arc and I love I have I, it all yeah I, I have, have it all yeah. yeah I think I got till issue eight <clears throat> and um by that time they had King Conan they had the savage sword of Conan or whatever then they also had that savage Avengers and I'm like okay 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 <laughs> I don't need yeah. Conan everywhere I look I don't need I don't need Conan like I need my Jeremy Renner like I just need one Conan book <laughs> and so you know i i never finished it but this was you know this king conan you know they had flash forwards in jason aaron's conan book where you know they would show kind of you know conan as a king um and so this book is i, I think jason aaron's basically last last say on the character of conan the barbarian except now he's now this is later in his life he's king conan and as we enter this book um you know uh, drawn by maz Mahmoud Azrar. Mahmoud Azrar. Um, you know, Conan has washed up on an island, on the shore of an island. Um, you at know, the where, edge of the world. At the edge of the world, where he comes across one other survivor, uh, Tathamon. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, dealing with an army of the dead on this washed up shore. So there's, you know, a mystery of where are they, what's happening, that kind of thing. And it'll unravel over the next six issues. I definitely have some thoughts on this book, though. Um, n- not the least of which is it's called King Conan, but Conan is no longer king. <laughs> yeah. In, in the book, yeah. he's like, yeah, you know, I relinquished my throne. I'm like, then why are we reading this page of, of, of the story? <laughs> you know, a little, like, little bait and switch. Yeah, a little bait and switch. Like, huh, okay, well, that, that seems uh, shenanigans. Well, I think it's King conan because this is you know after he has uh you know yielded the throne but he all the back all the uh flashbacks are from when he was king yeah right um i i gotta say you know from the the uh robert e howard books uh king conan is my favorite era of Mm -hmm. uh of conan i this i i just i really do enjoy it um and I, I've been very excited for this book. I enjoyed all the flashbacks in this. Uh, Azrar's uh, artwork is just fantastic. It is. And he does the coloring on those flashback pages as well. Mm-hmm. And it is it is distinctively different um, and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a gorgeous book. Uh, I, 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 I enjoy the story here. It's a, it is interesting to me that this is the first time Conan and Thothamon have encountered each other face to face. Yeah. I I guess I didn't realize that. Same, same. This is, you know, in the other books, uh, Conan was always uh, combating Thothamon's agents, right? So Hmm. Thothamon was always the the bad guy, you know, the big bad somewhere off in the distance. So it's the first time these two have actually come, you know, face to face, fist to fist. And, you know, Thothamon doesn't look like a guy who can sword fight. And yeah. it is it is interesting to me how effective he is, you know, handling his steel uh, against Conan. I, I just, I love this book. I, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. it. You know, other than yeah. the bait and switch of the title. Um, yeah. You know, I guess I had in my mind 
a book named King Conan, I had already kind of pre-programmed in my head to read a different story. And just because it gave me a different story doesn't mean it was a bad book or even that it was disappointing. I was just surprised that it wasn't, you know, a tale during Conan's monarchy. Yeah. You know, this is actually post-monarchy. If anything, this is probably the last days of Conan. Um, and maybe that's what it should have been called. But regardless, yeah. I mean, it's still, it is nice to read a Conan book that is just a Conan book. Right. And I think that's that that that's why I was so, you know, that's why I hopped out of the Conan books before, because it just felt overwhelming all the Conans yeah, it, and seeing him interact with the like Punisher a and Electra and crap. Yeah, it was a lot of Conan all at one time. Yeah. But for, this for, to have gone so long without and then all of a sudden here is a bazillion Conan Conan books. It's just it's, it was just a lot. Yeah. So it was nice. It was nice getting a nice focused Conan book um, that's mm-hmm. so well drawn. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see where the story goes for sure. Same. Same, absolutely. I recommend it. All right. Well, also from Marvel Comics this week, you and Wayne read Timeless. Um, did you not get this one, Paul? I did not. You know, honestly, you know, I think... <sighs> you were the one who sold me on it. How did I sell you on it? Oh, with the Miracle <laughs> yeah, Man yeah, stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. you were the one who, who said, it uh, looks like they're they're doing a whole thing over here. And I'm like, oh, well. I, you know, I, I had on New Comic Book Day, I had looked at the preview pages I'm like yeah that looks good but i was i wasn't dazzled by the previous kang series that they recently had yeah it started um, off okay but then petered out yeah and so i was like i'm not gonna do it and then you you know you 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 shared that uh that post in our chat and i was like oh okay well i guess i'll get it so you know thanks paul yeah no worries <laughs> you know Even it's high it, and dry <laughs> well you know it's one of those things that so timeless is basically marvel you know every year marvel puts out this like ten dollar comic book that's a preview of what's to come in the next year and like for the last three years i'm pretty much the only one who's read that ten dollar book mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this year i was like no i'm not this gonna read it got your revenge. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> intentional but uh but you pulled everybody else in beside it, but and you stayed out of the pool yourself. I stayed I'd out of like the pool to point this out time. This was a five dollar book. Uh, okay. <laughs> I would not have bought it if it were a ten. Yeah. yeah. Well, how was it? I loved it. I thought it was, I, it was it was a very entertaining book. Yeah, I loved it too. I thought it was a really good, solid one shot story. Uh, some glimpses of things going on in other books. Some of them I'm reading. Some of them I'm not. They're really trying to make Deathlock a thing. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed the artwork very much. I enjoyed the storytelling. I, I feel like uh, Kang was well characterized throughout. Um, I I like you know it starts off with uh, Kang shows up in a uh, history professor's office right after the history professor writes you know something about how Doctor Doom was the uh, you know quintessential. Uh, most effective villain of the 21st century and that he has left an indelible, you know, uh, imprint on the universe and Kang shows up and he's, and he's like, yeah, I came to talk to you about this. And the guy's like, I just wrote this. Talk about being insecure. Come on, Kang, you're better than this. (laughs) And so Kang takes the writer with him on a tour of the timeline. uh, And, and, you know, shows him what, you know, a, a real villain is. And I just I thought it was a very entertaining concept. You know, we we meet an alternate timeline, Dr. Doom, who is actually Reed Richards. Um, yeah, it was a lot of replaced fun. two of his eyeballs with infinity stones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought this book was a lot of fun. And I I I have long said you can you can dial back in this podcast over the years that uh, Marvel has mismanaged and done nothing, nothing with uh, the Miracle Man property that they bought. And uh, finally, we're seeing something in the pages of a Marvel book that, you know, uh, hints at great things upcoming relating to Miracle Man and perhaps Kang. So I am uh, I'm very excited about that. Well, it hints at things. I won't say great yet because we don't know what they're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. All we see is the symbol. Well, I'm excited about the Miracle Man part of that. Uh, Kang, I'm a little less excited about. It is, you a, know, it is the best portrayal of Kang I've seen in a long time. Since Kurt mm-hmm. Busiek in uh, Avengers Forever. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how long it's been since I feel like we've had a good Kang book. Yeah, and this really gets inside his head. Yeah. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was a really well done book uh, from beginning to end. I, I, I very much enjoyed it. And I'm just wildly surprised that Paul didn't pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess mean, uh, it, it's yeah. Paul. It, it, yeah. Are you surprised? Are you really surprised when I disappoint you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even on our outline, Paul put the P for himself. Oh, I did. I lied. <laughs> Got bait and switch. <laughs> just like King Conan. Uh, <laughs> well, switching over to the distinguished competition, um, Aaron, you and I read Action Comics 1038, uh, you know, by or Philip. did we? Oh, we didn't? Well, okay, let me clarify. Well, I can't trust anything you say anymore, Paul. <laughs> yeah, well, fair. Yeah, can we trust? Yeah. Well, I didn't read the backup feature. I will clarify. I did not even bother with the backup feature. Oh, no, I, I, I'm way off on, on the backups. Which I got to tell you, DC, cut the shit. Drop your books by a dollar. Cut out the mm-hmm. backup features that no one's reading. Because, you know, like, I would actually, like, books like this and Joker. Like, I'm not reading the backup feature in Joker anymore either. I love the backup feature in Joker. I know. But, you know, like, I just kind of, like, trailed off on it. But and same with the, the, the Action Comics one. I was just like, eh, I just want the meat of the story and I'll just, you know, and that's all I wanted. Um, so, Aaron, yes, I read Action Comics 1038. You know, can, so in, at the end of Action Comics 1037, Superman and his uh, and the Authority have stormed War World and have gotten their asses beat. Oh, I mean, hard, like, like you know, beaten. Uh, uh, one of them killed. Uh, <clears throat> they, they're all they're all but one of them is captured and in chains. I mean, it, this is this is bad, bad news. Yeah. Bad, bad news. And remember, the Justice League couldn't be bothered to come along on this mission. Right. Because they they had other things, you know, let's wait a while, Clark, and and we'll come along. And Clark's like, no, these people are suffering and and struggling now. They need help now. And, you know, even Batman's like, yeah, you know, we we just can't do it right now. Uh, And then, you know, he reached out to um, the United Planets and, you know, which just formed up, you know, with uh, his guidance. And they decide to sit out because that there there was no upside for them. Yeah. Um, because you know if they if they overthrew uh, Mongo, uh, they'd have all these refugees to deal with, and if they failed, they would have earned the ire of Mongo. So there's no upside, so they don't join in. So it's just uh, you know Superman and his hastily put together super team. Uh, and I mean, they just get their asses handed to them in the prior issue. So this issue is the fallout. This issue is, you know, what's going to happen to these guys. Uh, this book just went to a really dark place. I thought it uh, did. You know, in the, the from the beginning to the middle, it was just I was just like, golly, you know, Superman is deep powered on war world because of this red sun generator that they've got that apparently he hadn't figured out you know until he got there and he midnighter is the is the one member of the team who didn't get captured and so he shows up towards the end of the book to liberate superman and then get the rest of them out and superman resolves to stay mm-hmm. you know that he 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 is talking to these people now. He is, you know, trying to bring hope uh, to them and to eventually liberate them. And, you know, Midnighter challenges him on that. He's like, these people cheered when you fell. These people were not rooting for you. These people don't want to be rescued. Don't do this. And, you know, Superman's like, no, nope, no, nope, this is where this is where I'm going to be. This is, you know, this, this is who I am. This is this is what I'm going to be. I, I know these people can be better and that I can help them be better. And uh, I, I just I, I very much enjoyed this book. I thought the storytelling was terrific. I agree. You know, it, it is it, like you mentioned, it's a it's a level of brutality and violence that you're just not used to seeing in a Superman book, much less right. a mainstream Superman book. Right. Like, this is you know, this is one of the big two. You got Superman and action comics and you're just not used to seeing. I mean. In the last issue, Superman gets stabbed through, you know, like it, it's a level of violence normally reserved for a book like Injustice. But that's a little bit outside mm-hmm. of the continuity. Um, but no, I mean, it, but so I, it, 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 you may be taken aback at first, but it is very much a nice spiritual successor to the Superman versus Mongol stories, you know, from way back when, mm-hmm. you know, from, yeah. uh, was it Starlin? 
Starlong? No, um, I don't remember who was writing those books. I just remember Mike Mignola did some interior art and George Perez and, like, you know, back... You know, and I loved that when Superman first fought Mongol on Warworld. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, kind of a modern take on, you know, that battle. Uh, but it feels just as... You know, you, you have an investment, right? Superman is depowered, and Superman is not taking... You know, he, he, he is stripped away from his powers. And at least in this issue... You know, you're seeing Superman hopeful and using his powers of of inspiring people more so than the superpowers. And that's, you know, I I think that's great. I'm really looking forward to seeing where the story goes. It it definitely took an unexpected turn right off the bat where all the, you know, they set up this Superman and the Authority thing. And like, they, I mean, they are nothing, you know, for for Mongol and his people. Like they get taken out within the space of a few pages, yeah. and so it's just it's it's surprising. It's well written. The art is beautiful. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the to the rest of this. Yeah, same here. I, I it was very enjoyable. Very, very interesting storytelling, and you know the, the artwork really stands up to the writing. I I, I thought the the, the visual st- storytelling was just as strong as, as the narrative. So, uh, good stuff. I'm looking forward to the rest of this. Yeah, same here. Well, and you know, uh, on back on Earth, we have Nightwing. Um, you know, Tom Taylor. Uh, last week we we didn't record last week, but I really wanted to take a few moments to. Highlight Nightwing issue 87 um, from Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. Because this issue, uh, Nightwing 87, first of all, Nightwing is probably one of my favorite books on the stands. But second of all, this is told as one continuous panel. Um, Like, if you read this book um, and just happen, like, let's say you read it digitally. And if you try, and if you turn the page, but like hold your finger over it so that you can see, you know, where the pages transition. It is literally drawn as one continuous panel past the first page. And it is, I, I think it's, I mean, we're, we're not recording the funnies this week, but if we had a, a best single issue category, I would absolutely give it to this book. Yeah. This book is see, just gorgeous and, and just I so loved, well told. I love the story. I definitely love that we were dealing with uh, Haley. You know, bite wing. <laughs> but I did not care for this uh, experiment of all one panel. I found it harder to read. Hey, I was wondering, because I don't read my books in um, guided view. Uh, so how, how, I mean, from a guided view perspective, how did that, well, it sounds like it did, it did not connect with you, Wayne. Not at all. It, it definitely made it feel a little more difficult to read. Uh, you don't get the same appreciation for it being one panel that you would have reading it not in guided view. And I don't know, it just makes the page look more cluttered to me. Having, you know, 50 different versions of the same character on the page because you're showing the character moving. See, I loved that about that. I loved that about this book. I love just, you know, it felt animated to me. Like you can just follow Nightwing throughout the page. Yeah, I, 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 it worked for me, you know, and I, I read it in uh, Comixology Guided View. But I, I, I will say I also read it twice. I read it because of the way it was illustrated. Um, I did it first through Guided View, and then I came back and did it as full pages so that I could you know, get a full appreciation of the artwork of it. I like everything that's going on. I, I thought that it gave you a depth of the world, even though it does make it a little bit more two-dimensional because you're side-scrolling, yeah. you know? I mean, it does feel like a, a game of of, uh, of Donkey Kong. Yeah, like a but, video game. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, there there is so much going on on the page. Like, there's that that, that this wonderful scene where he's, you know, uh, jumping across the van. You know, that's the, the, this the getaway car, and then he's rushing to uh, uh, borrow this guy's motorcycle. And you can see the people up on their their balconies in in the uh, the tenement. And, you know, there's there's a woman up there doing yoga. There's a guy over there watering his plants, which I'm going to assume is marijuana. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's people hanging out the window looking. There's just a lot going on. There's so much detail on these pages. And I, I find it amusing because some of the detail is like, wow, I wonder what made him decide to do that. Is that because he just wanted to, you know, draw that thing? So it's got like one of these uh, – these, uh, 
downtown rental car places where they instead of like having a giant parking lot for the rental cars it's got the the rental cars on the lift yeah you know so they just sort of you know uh ferris wheel them down to you um there's no he didn't have to draw that there was nothing in the story there's nothing in the in the narrative that would indicate he needed to do that but i think he just wanted to draw it. yeah i think he just wanted to show bloodhaven right yeah and I thought that was cool because you're right. It's kind of a tour of Bloodhaven. And I, I got a kick out of that. I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. So Nightwing 87, I mean, I, I, I loved it. And I can see why, Wayne, you know, it wasn't your jam. But for me, it, it, it worked. And, uh, you know, and, and yeah. it's, it's, it it's literally really good. It was a really good issue, a strong story. I just did not care for the experiment that they tried here. But I it's that's a big preference thing. I could see why people would love it. I could see why others wouldn't. Yeah. Well, I'd I just fall into the knot. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it kind of uh, in two sides of the same coin, uh, Batman One Dark Knight uh, is a DC Black Label book um, written and drawn by artist Jock. Uh, he He's done work on, um, I think he was the artist when Scott Snyder was on Detective Comics uh, years ago. And he's, you know, he's done a lot of work for DC and, and Batman in particular. And so, you know, one, the reason I say two sides of the same coin is Batman One Dark Knight is very much about Batman traversing Gotham City. And, you know, and you kind of get the the map of how Gotham City is organized into boroughs. You know, you've got your uptown, your midtown, your downtown, Blackgate Isle, the Tri-Corner, Arkham Asylum. Like, you get the different boroughs of Gotham City. You get, you know, kind of this geographic tour of gotham city as batman chases down um emp is the name of the villain and i'm I'm not familiar with the villain but i mean by his name you pretty much know what he does and so yeah it it, it, i i thought that aspect of it was interesting um but aaron i'm very curious to hear what you thought of one dark knight you know uh i was concerned after i bought the book uh when i saw that jock was writing and drawing uh i uh I, I'm I'm frequently concerned about the the artist writer because that that isn't always such a uh, yeah they tend to a, get a too wordy of, funny enough yeah um, I very much appreciated the artwork I thought I thought mm-hmm. the, that visually it was an interesting story and I, I really loved the take on Gotham the characters the environment the whole schmear what I did not care for was the writing in the book and the story the narrative the the the, the textual story did not grab me at all. Um, I, I I felt like, you know, this was a book that was 49 pages long, and I don't feel like those extra pages helped the story. Yeah. Um, I felt very confident that this, this story could have been told in 22 pages. Um, and, and that's, I mean, when you're saying that more than half of the pages are excessive, uh, I think that's a real problem. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I think Jock is a fantastic artist. I just don't know that his abilities as a writer, um, complement this work very well. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. I thought the story itself was relatively lackluster. There's not much Uh to it. Um, but it, it definitely felt like, it felt like this book, and I don't know how many issues this series is, but it felt like this could have been a one-shot uh-huh. expanded to a miniseries, is, is what this felt like to me. Um, you know, it, it, it's, okay, Batman's chasing, or maybe a, a, two, a two-parter, a something like that. But certainly, um, to your point, it, it, did, it didn't need to be 50 pages for this, for basically setup. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the setup really yeah. could have happened within 10. It was a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was like, wow. I, you know, and it just, there are guys at Jock's level uh, who I feel like the editors just don't challenge them enough. Yeah. Um, you know, because, I mean, Jock's a superstar. I mean, that, that, that's the only way you can put it. I mean, the, the guy has immense talent. Um, I feel like the editor should have worked harder with him. Yeah. What I, it was also, I, you know, so on page um, nine of the digital edition, there's a map of Gotham City. And I had referred to it earlier, you know, the different boroughs of Gotham City. And I've just, I've, I guess I've never seen it laid out this way because mm-hmm. I found it very interesting. Right. Um, you know, like a crime alley 
is way far away from the financial district or old Gotham or Wayne Tower. And I don't know, in my head, in my head canon of Gotham City, the map doesn't make sense. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it, it could just be, you know, I don't know if this is something Jock came up with or if there's some, you know, internal uh, story group that maintains a map of Gotham City. But it was just, it was very interesting to see how Gotham City is laid out. And, yeah. you know, Are you it, are you needing a map to put up on your wall? <laughs> Maybe, but now I'm now I'm struggling with it. I'm like, Gotham, like Arkham Asylum is at the top of Gotham City. Blackgate Isle is on the bottom. I don't know what the hell the Tri Corner is. Um, it's just interesting. It's it, it's fascinating. Um, but like you said, it's it's it, it could just be that's the way it's always been. And you know, here's the thing: it doesn't really matter. You know, right. in in the in the tales of of Gotham, you know. It doesn't matter that Nightwing can get from Crime Alley to the Clock Tower in 30 seconds in a comic book. But, right. you know, if you look at it in this map, wow, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, he'd have, to, he'd have to cross two bodies of water and two bridges to, to, <laughs> to get from Crime Alley to Clock Tower. Um, it's just interesting. You know, it's, it, it's a fascinating uh, take on it. But, other, but, yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating take in, in, in the visual storytelling aspect of it. And... And I guess in what I brought into it, but it's certainly not a story that I'm going to continue at a cover price of five ninety nine an issue. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that brings us to our final book today, Ooh. Human Target issue number three from one Mister Tom King and uh, Greg Smallwood. Um, Wayne, I know you're a fan. Talk to us yeah. about Human Target. So a lot of these Tom King books, I'll wait until they all come out and not read them week to week. Uh, this one, it hooked me on the first issue. So I've actually been reading these as they come out. And I just, I've fallen in love with this book. The art, I think, is perfect for the story being told. It's hitting all of the characters that I used to love. The Justice League International are the, you know, they are the big potential, you know, suspects for who, essentially who poisoned him. And so they're going through and you're seeing all of these characters from his perspective. Ice is being portrayed. She's always been one of my favorite, you know, female characters in DC. And she is very much a co-star in this book, starting with issue number two. See, I struggle yeah. with that. I, the things you like about it are the things I struggle with. As soon oh, as really? I, I, I need Tom King to leave the Justice League International alone. <laughs> after um after house of not house of cards whatever the 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 one where wally west ended up being the murderer i i i worry whenever tom king in, interjects some of these characters because it feels like it feels like he writes booster beyond buffoonish and quite frankly i really hated the way he portrayed guy gardner in this issue See, I've yeah. always hated Guy Gardner, and this yeah. was a exactly how I see Guy Gardner. See, I like Guy Gardner, and I, I mean, Guy, Guy, I, I understand that Guy Gardner is a jerk. This seemed excessive to me that he was stalking and beating up a guy to this level and using his powers in the way he did. It just felt like for me, I was like, uh, that doesn't ring true to Guy Gardner's evolution. Um, but I mean, well, that could does, just be me. It does feel like Guy Gardner is a slice out of time in this book. It yeah. feels more 1990s Guy Gardner than current day Guy Gardner, right? Yeah. yeah. And I find that with um, most of these Tom King books, the characters are taken basically the core of the character. Mm -hmm. It's not really an incontinuity stories. You know, all of these seem to have always been, when you look at the DC work he's done at least, he takes the core of the characters and doesn't worry about where they currently are. And I think that's what he's done here. He, you know, this is a flashback to what these characters were like back in the 90s. Yeah. I just worry that he's going to, one of them's going to end up being a murderer or a rapist or something horrible. Well, you know, <laughs> somebody did poison the human target. So, yeah. uh, you know, somebody here is doing something terrible. Yeah, and I mean, I, I got to tell you, I've got this nervous feeling that it's ice. Same you know, here. As, as as much as we like her, and she is very much the femme uh, fatale in, in in this book. Uh, I, I I'm just like, mm -mm, mm, I, I see bad things here, but uh, I'm getting a big kick out of this, and you know, I have really enjoyed the Tom King Black Label books. I, I liked his uh, Mr. Miracle book. 
uh, I, I very much enjoyed, you know, all, all of these, these stories that he's telling, um, most of them have read better in trade than as single yeah. issues, but I think this one's standing up better as single issue. Not that it's not, uh, serialized, you know, these are not fully episodic stories, but it, the, I feel like he has distilled the story down to key components where you're not, I, I feel like a lot of times the story in a Tom King book is what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, well, we know that, you know, uh, that the guy's been poisoned. We just don't know who explicitly yet has done it. And we've got a couple of suspects. Uh, we're going to rule some folks out, but we do have a couple of suspects. Uh, I, I I'm enjoying it. I dig it, and Most I, I got I, I I like how precious he holds the JLI. Uh, I, I'm getting a kick out of you know visiting Booster and him opening up his Booster's Bagels restaurant, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna get to see Blue Beetle next time. I love Ted Cord. I, I can't wait to see how how Tom King writes him. Yeah, and I will say most of the Tom King books that he's done for DC in particular. I find frustrating to read individually, mm-hmm. and this one is not the case. Yeah, I don't need to wait for the trade. I'm enjoying this as it comes out. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, next week there's quite a bit of quite a bit being released uh, from Marvel Comics. We have the new issue of Thor, Thor issue twenty, God of Hammers, part two. Um, we also have, uh, the Darkhold Omega. So, you know, I know, Aaron, you've been reading some of those Darkhold books, and I think this is the conclusion of that, uh, Darkhold event. Um, you know, it's been a very subtle event. There's been, like, a one-shot every week, but not, but very loosely tied together. Um, but I, you know, it looks like it's wrapping up next week. Uh, from DC Comics, we have, uh, the, we have new issues of Dark Knights of Steel, Justice League Incarnate, Superman, Son of Kal-El, World of Krypton, and uh, there's two books that I want to ping you guys on. Uh-oh. So, Aaron, you and I had r- talked about Batman issue 118, the start of Joshua Williams Williamson's arc mm-hmm. on it, um, on Batman, and we had said, eh, we probably won't continue. But then they showed some preview art that with Lex Luthor taking over Batman Incorporated, he was going to make himself a Batman super suit. And I gotta say, I may be on for one more issue on Batman. I'll leave it up to you, but I'm on for one more issue. So you're not putting me on the spot. You're not asking me right here in front of of everybody to to jump in there with you. No, no. I'm just letting you know I'll be purchasing it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. So I'm I'm picking that one up. And um, Detective Comics 1047, which is a a new 12 part weekly detective comics event called the tower um and referring to the new arkham tower that's been set up in uh in gotham city uh focuses on the bat family written by matthew rosenberg and mariko tamaki art by ivan rice and fernando blanco um you know they they showed some preview art in the bat books this week the characters it's going to focus on are uh nightwing um cassandra kane spoiler batwoman huntress and uh barbara gordon uh, Shadows of the Bat. Yep. How does the art look I, for it? The uh, artwork the, I saw looked really nice. Yeah, the cover is gorgeous. Yeah. Now, I don't know how the interior art looks, but Ivan Rice. I mean, I know yeah. Ivan Rice is a good artist. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That sounds... Yeah. So I'm going to pick up the first part. I When I when I heard the, the textual pitch, I was like, meh. But when I saw the cover, I'm like, god dang it. <laughs> <laughs> the cover is super hot. Yeah, the cover is... It, it's almost like... A, painted art it almost looks like photographed um some of the characters it's it's covers gorgeous so and i I like mariko tamaki um she wrote the one of the few future state books that i liked um about bruce wayne and she also uh, took over detective comics after that and i fell off of the book but um i'm i think i'm gonna pick up this first part of the tower and see how it goes good deal well i'll look at the interiors and make my decision on new comic book day all right all right well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable, ideology of madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 
And concerning Twitter, uh, had a problem with the uh, ideology of madness IOM geek uh, Twitter account, but it is back up and working. So, oh, did uh, we get for did delayed. we get hacked? Well, no, it just all of a sudden uh, I, I had troubles. I couldn't I couldn't get in there for like more than a week. So oh. anyway, I, I had I had a couple of inquiries that uh, I had to respond to, and uh, I apologize for the delay. All right. Well, we yeah. are back. We are back and better than ever. We're you know, really just pretty much the same as yeah. we've been all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys have a good one. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.